0: this is where women grow. Welcome back to the Girl Power Alliance podcast. I am thrilled to introduce this beautiful woman to you today and share her story with you. Let me tell you a little bit about Heather. In 2016, she reached her lowest point when she was looking at a second divorce before the age of 45. She had lost all her appetite for food, survived on meal replacement shades, lost over 50 pounds and rededicated her life to Christ. Since then, she has grown a business with nutrition and she's developing her niche in healing people wholly through nutrition. Welcome to the podcast, Heather.
1: Thank you very much, Michelle.
0: Well, I know that most people can relate to kind of these on the floor moments, right? I'd love for you to maybe just expand on it just a little bit, kind of like what, what led up to it and, uh, you know, just share a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. So this happened uh, five years ago and um, my second marriage, I was actually married to a woman. Um, she kind of came out of nowhere uh, on Mother's Day and told me that she wanted a divorce. So it just threw me for a loop because we hadn't had any issues. Um, come to find out, she was leaving me for a younger woman, which is exactly what my ex-husband did.
0: Oh, my gosh. And
1: <laughs> so it just, it, like I said, she always kind of kept me up on a pedestal. So, like I said, the, the, the bubble just burst and um, totally, totally lost appetite. Like nothing tasted good. Nothing looked good. Um, so the meal replacement shakes just really, they, they allowed me to survive. Um, looking back, it was more like God kind of put me into a fast and (laughs) (laughs) he knew that I was going to need. (laughs) So, um, that went on for, uh, actually I kind of lost track of time. That went on for, um, at least two months, if not longer. I know that at one point when looking back that I really should have been hospitalized, but because of the nutrition and these shakes, um, it wasn't, I didn't need to. Um, So, yeah, I was on my own for a year, Um, had to live by myself for the first time in 20 years and was really scrambling right on on how I was going to live my life. I found myself a lot of the times prone on the floor, snotty face, just, just an absolute wreck. And all I could do was just cry out to God. And it really, that's, this is what it took for, for that to happen. Because even though I, I never really felt like I'd left God, I wasn't living the life I was supposed to be living either. Um, so yeah, that's.
0: Well, (laughs) I want to unwind some of this a little bit. Sure. Uh, because I think there is a lot more to this discussion than we talked about when we talked about the first time. So mm-hmm. if you know anything about me, you know that I have a son, a gay son, and I've kind of become an advocate for the LGBT community um in in like as a Christian for the LGBT mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Um, and it is a very hot, spicy, um, uh, polarizing topic that I get massive amounts of hate for. And yeah. I can only, I can, I only go put myself out there. Like I'll do it. And then I won't talk about it at all for a couple of months to let the, like heat die down and then I'll do it again. And so, um, I want to ask you about, so you were married to a man first and then, yes. uh, got divorced a number of years later and married a woman. Do you identify as a lesbian? Will you, can you, do you feel comfortable unpacking that a little bit? Sure. Sure. Um, I actually didn't label myself at all
1: because I don't believe in labels. I love that. Um, <laughs> I just felt like I was a, a spirit that was loving another spirit, and it just so happens that spirit was encased in a female body. Um, so that's just really how I looked at it. Like I can remember, she asked me the same thing, and I'm like, "Why do I have to be labeled? <laughs> Why do I have to be whatever society says I am? Um, I am who I say I am, right? Yeah. So." Um, it was, it was interesting because I'll say before that, um, let me preface this with the fact that I really felt like God had me walk this path because of how I was raised. And I was raised in a very religious environment, very strict. You didn't, you didn't mix races. If you were gay, you were going to hell. Yeah. So that's how I was raised. And so a part of me was really kind of a bigot towards that. And wow. I can remember, cause I was friends with her beforehand okay. and I can remember her asking me, well, what do you think about that? And I'm like, well, you really don't want to know my opinion on that. So you might want to just not want to talk about it. Right. And then I wind up being married to her.
0: <laughs> that's, so quite, when, that's quite a yeah. turn, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> do what? That's quite a turn.
1: <laughs> it is quite a turn. It is quite a turn. God did a lot of work in me. Um, but through living that lifestyle, I really learned what it meant to love someone else and to love people the way Christ did. Because if I'd not walked that path, I wouldn't know how to love people, let alone myself. Right? So it's, it's really allowed me to understand that, that all I'm here to do is love other people and not judge them for what they do or what life they live or who they are <laughs> uh,
0: the christian the christian kind of community in general has really taken the up arms over this particular subject in in a lot of ways and i mean uh, there there is a part of me that understands and i've kind of um swung the pendulum myself I, I was never i wouldn't say that i was a bigot or anything but i would say i never really actually had an opinion i didn't mm-hmm. have an opinion personally, that wasn't given to me by what the church said. Right. And and I'm talking about big C church. And I never, you know, I was in the beauty business. So I was around all kinds of gay guys, especially, and, you know, never had a problem with them, but I don't, I never actually just thought about it. And that sounds probably terrible and shallow, but that's the truth. And it wasn't until my son came out that I I really wanted to know what I thought about it. And I, even more than that, I really wanted to know what did the Bible say about it? What did God say? What did Jesus say about it? And so through that incredible journey that I've had, um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And even Jesus said, you know, I did not come to judge if you do not obey what I say. He said, I came to love you and to show you a new way. There is a judge. But it is. It, he even said it isn't even him. And so, if that's what Jesus said, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us as we live out, we walk out this life as Christians? And sadly, the Christian community has done so much damage to the LGBT community that yeah. even people that want desperately to have that relationship with Christ, they're, they're stuck because. That they're not allowed to say that within their LGBT community that they're Christians. Right. And then they're certainly right. not allowed to be around Christians saying that they're Christians that love Jesus. So they're stuck in this place. And it's really, it's, you know, obviously because God gave me a son who is gay, it's become something that I'm really passionate about. And so to hear your perspective and to hear you say that, I just want to affirm and confirm that I agree with you wholeheartedly.
1: Oh, giving me chills. I've got chills running up and down my arms over
0: here. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's like so much going on in the world, right? Like there's so many mm-hmm. things that are going on in the world that this issue seems like, really, are we still talking about this? Like there's so many other things. It seems to me, it seems so small to me, but you would be amazed at the amount of parents that I talk to primarily moms, dads don't really reach out, but, and you know, that are saying my, my son, my daughter is, you know, they think they're gay, which is what I said about my son, Jacob for the longest time, probably for two years, you know, he thinks he's gay. Because mm-hmm. you even can't utter the words out of your mouth. He couldn't even utter the words. And when I would talk to other people, that's how I said it. It was almost like a dismissive, a, d- a dismissive kind of attitude, not on purpose, right? Um, but that's how that's how I could say it. You know, mm-hmm. um, he thinks he's gay, and you know, I mean, we we've come a long way since then. That was ten years ago, but um, there's so many things going on in the world that, and the world so desperately needs to be unified we need love we need acceptance mm-hmm. and and it seems like like of all the things that we're going to really pin down as believers couldn't it be something else <laughs> it's still like there's so right. many other things like let's leave this one alone you have human beings that I believe personally believe that you are you are born that way. Like I couldn't just be told that that my attraction to the opposite sex is I'm not allowed to have it and I need to be attracted to the same. I could that couldn't just happen, right? Right. Not to say that that's that's what you're experiencing, but I'm just speaking about kind of my experience with my son. Like I, you know, so. I'm so glad that you are so open and talking about this and, you know, we will get, we will get back to the nutrition and everything. No, it's not a
1: problem. But I
0: feel that this is a message that's important for people to hear. I mean, here you have this truly incredible experience. Did you, did you and her get divorced then?
1: No. Um, as a matter of fact, um, a year later, we still were not divorced And I find out that she's in the hospital and she had been in there for a week. Now we worked for the same company. So um, the district office called me and said, look, I I think you need to get to the hospital. You know, she, she's in ICU. Oh. And um, that's when I found out that she had cancer and she had found out uh, I want to say like a couple of days before she was rushed to the hospital or because oh, no. she stopped breathing. Oh yeah. And so when I got there, she was intubated and so she couldn't talk to me, but I could see that she was very happy to see me. Um, and so I got to spend mm. that last week with her. Mm. Yeah, she. Uh, she really was a beautiful spirit. She really was, and I know that she still loved me. Um, and I can I can proudly say that. Um, I was able to bring in my choir director of all people. Um, brought him in, and she gave her life to Christ. Praise God. And. And, and passed away 24 hours later. Mm. Yeah. But to have that, that last week with her just means more to me than anything else. Wow. And I do miss her because, like I said, she was just beautiful to be around. She was always happy. She would do anything for anybody to the point that people would take advantage of her. And she was... <laughs> She was six foot three. What? And yes. And she was just like this big teddy bear. (laughs) But yeah.
0: Wow, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm I'm sorry. Oh, thank you.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: You are you are four years out from that, five years out from that now?
1: It'll um, actually it'll be four years this July when she passed.
0: And looking back now and that whole experience from you know starting with literally kind of a a bigotry mindset to falling in love and getting married to a woman and all the things that probably happened from there to there to that journey where you sit now i um, mean what what are you like what are your big takeaways where where are you different what did god do in this process
1: he well, like I mentioned before, I really know what it is to love people now. Um, but I also know what it is to love myself mm. also in that process. Um, i I understand how fragile life is, mm. and to never leave a family member or a friend without letting them know every time. How I feel about them mm, yes and there's been times where my husband now and I we've had arguments and he'll go out the door and I'm like don't you leave without telling me say you know without saying goodbye I'm like you just don't do that right so it that has really impacted me for sure um, because she was so close to me but again my biggest takeaway is just my job is just to love other people
0: so you're remarried I'm sorry. You're remarried. I'm remarried. When did you get remarried?
1: Uh, two, it'll be two years ago in September.
0: Well, congratulations on that. You're, you're just, just past the newlywed stage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, did you, did you find before we get like actually back on track? Did you find that, um, the people in your life your family members, maybe your church, did they, how did they respond to you being married to her?
1: Um, they did not like it, um, especially my family. So one of the things that I went through, I was with her for eight or nine years total. Um, and for those first gosh, I again, I've lost track of time, but it I'm gonna say for probably the first couple of years at least anyway um, I would have my mom telling me how awful it was that my husband left me and if he oh my gosh, I think I just lost you. I'm here. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, my screen just went blank. Oh. <laughs> um, so I would have my mom telling me for the first couple of years, oh, it's awful that that Bo left you. And if if he hadn't have done that, then you wouldn't be in the situation you're in now. And it's only because he hurt you that you've gone to a woman. And then on the other side of that, I had my dad telling me every week that I was going to hell. Mm. Um. <laughs> Uh, my brother didn't really say anything. My sister has always been a, more supportive than anybody else in my life. I can remember going up to visit family in Pennsylvania, and Robbie would say, oh, they're so nice. I'm like, yeah, they're nice, honey, but um, they don't approve. Don't mistake that for approval. <laughs> She's like, what? She was so naive in that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, nobody liked it. Nobody liked it. And I wasn't really going to church at the time. So when I would go to church and she was with me, you know, we would we would get those looks, but nobody would say anything.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, um what what a journey that you have been on and um I I you know, God, I love that he is the God of restoration and rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And uh it sounds like you know, all of the things that you have walked through have helped you to um basically rebuild a a new life. And what the enemy tried to take from you, you know, God has has given you so much more.
1: That is that is definitely true. Definitely true. I can say that um when Jamie came into my life, one of the things I was really worried about was um Okay, it, am I going to find someone else, and how are they going to feel about me being married to a woman? Like, what are they going to feel about that? Like, these were fears that I had. Yeah. Um, but then I just had to kind of relax and say, well, whoever it is, it's be because God sent them. It's not because I was out looking for them, and they're going to be perfect. <laughs> and that, mm-hmm. and that's what's happened when when I told Jamie that I was married to a woman, and he says, okay my brother's gay. So <laughs> like, he did not even care. <laughs> wow. Which is, is amazing. actually.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I don't know if I ever asked you what was your, so are you are full time in the nutrition coaching business now?
1: I am now. Yes. And
0: what did you, what was your job before your career?
1: I was a pharmacy technician.
0: Okay. Oh my gosh. Again, like major extremes from like the six sickness business to the health business. Yes. <laughs> Which I think gives you a tremendous, um, a tremendous, uh, perspective because, you know, you're watching people come in day after day for these medications that oftentimes cause more harm than good. Exactly. Not to say that there isn't a reason for allopathic medicine, medicine, there is, but right. Um, we have learned to switch out the naturopathic remedies and cures through nutrition for allopathic band-aids.
1: Exactly.
0: So, so you you survived on these shakes. Um, you basically like lose the person that you love. She dies, and you restore your health and think, "I'm leaving this." Tell how did that kind of happen?
1: Um, Well, it took probably another two years before I actually left the company I was with. Um, I worked for a a huge, a huge company. And um, one of the things that I did was I would travel to other stores for the district. I would train. I would help them with their reports. Um, help them with out dates, just whatever they needed me to do right but I was traveling where one way I was going north at least an hour and then the other way I was going south for almost three mm. so like I was all over the place um, and then they took my position away but I was already doing what I'm doing now part-time I was already heavily involved with church I was In the choir, I would help with uh, the community services that they had. I would help with the 60 and Better group and go out on adventures with them. So my life was pretty much set because the job that I had was Monday through Friday, 8-4. to So when they threw me back into a store, they kind of expected me to be able to be available whenever they needed me. And I said, "Well, that that's not going to happen. I have another business. I have church. I have other commitments. This is when you get me." And yeah, they they knocked me from forty hours a week down to thirteen because I would not accommodate their schedule. Wow. (laughs) So I did that for um, probably a couple of months. It got the stress around that got to be where I was actually. Before I would even go into work, I was crying before every oh. shift. And I only worked barely two shifts a week. And <laughs> I knew it was something that no, no longer aligned with who I was. But it was like God had to bring me to that extreme pain point. Yep. Before I knew what it was to actually step out on faith. I was a person that was um had to be absolutely sure that this was the decision that 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 I was supposed to make. And well, I guess crying before every shift kind of let me know that this is the decision I need to make.
0: Isn't it funny how we like that? Like I, I like to, you know, again when I'm when I'm talking with people, I kind of say, "Listen, God will, I believe, allow us to get to the place in our life of such discomfort that we are forced into a decision that we probably should have made a long time ago, but yes. it was, wasn't uncomfortable enough, and so mm-hmm. we we get to this point where you you legitimately cannot stay in the same scenario, so you are forced into a new decision." Um, yes. and so that sounds exactly what like what he did.
1: Yes, it is. That is exactly what he did.
0: And um, how long it has was, it been now that you've been full, full time?
1: Full time. Um, it was, oh my gosh, three, three years in March.
0: Wow. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Still so, has my, I still have my struggles, but you know, I'm happy. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So do you will you uh share with anybody that is listening or watching like what are the what programs do you offer? Do you have like one-to-one coaching? Do you have group coaching? What what are the programs that you offer?
1: I definitely do one-to-one coaching. That's that's pretty much where um I do my best is definitely one-on-one. And that that's actually what I prefer because then they have my whole attention and I can really um dig down into what their goals are, what their obstacles may be. Um, I like diving into, um, with individuals who may have like diabetes or heart issues. I'm, I'm interested in filling that gap of care between what the doctor's telling them to do and given a list, they hear that he, and they don't really know what they're doing. Right. So that, that gap right there is, is where I like to work.
0: I'm sad to say that that is a large niche. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, sadly it It is. is, And and it's a very needed one. So tell anybody that's listening how they can contact you, websites, social media, how can they connect with you?
1: Sure, absolutely. So um, they can personally connect with me on Facebook um, a couple of different ways. Uh, Heather Pyle Sherman is my personal page. Um, and then also at Be The Energy. That's my, my business page, uh, Be Energy Nutrition. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, which is at Be The underscore Energy. So I try to keep that all lined up. <laughs> and as for my website, uh, what I have is actually a retail website. So that would be energy.goherbalife.com.
0: Perfect.
1: You can find that.
0: And we'll have all of those links in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then all the information will be right below the video in the, in the description box. And I'm just, um, I want to just tell you, thank you for your transparency. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are impacting lives and that through this podcast and your transparency, you will impact more lives. I don't know if that's, if what we talked about today is something that you discuss normally like in a public forum. Is that the first time you've ever done that? No, oh,
1: it is okay. not. I'm very, very open about it. I I have no regrets on my life. I've walked what I was supposed to walk for a reason and I've embraced it all and I'm not ashamed.
0: <laughs> I think it's beautiful. And I'm honored to have shared your story on the podcast. And I just want to say, keep doing exactly what you're doing, leaning into you know the direction that God takes you. I know you're blessing people. If you are one of the people that is in that niche that I said was large, I'm sad for you, but I'm very happy that you have somebody like Heather to connect with that can literally help take you out of that. I mean, literally those things can be reversed through nutrition, through the proper nutrition. So um, connect with her today so that she can help you have a massive transformation. Um, really, that it'll start, you'll think it'll be about your health, but it'll be about so many other things. So, uh, again, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, and I'm so excited to just keep up with you and see what what else God has next for you. Yes,
1: ma'am. Thank you for having me.
0: Wow. What an incredibly interesting story. I just love meeting these remarkable women on the podcast. Well, I hope that story inspired you, intrigued you, caused you to think, yes, Um, As so many of the podcasts do here at Girl Power Alliance, we have a lot of stuff going on coming up in October. We have our give back day. This is going to be an international day where all of the women that are involved with Girl Power Alliance around the globe are going to give back to their community in some way. And to support that effort, to help promote that effort, we have this really adorable t-shirt on our website that you can purchase. And every dollar, every single dollar Um, That it's not costing us to have this shirt made. All the rest of the dollars are going toward an amazing cause to help uh, get women out of sex trafficking and help them like reacclimate to like to have a normal, beautiful life to save them out of that basically sentence of uh, being involved in sex trafficking. So it's for a good cause. And then of course, you're going to be involved in something in your own community in some way. Maybe what you do that day is you pay it forward and pay for everybody's coffee in line at Starbucks or somebody's, you know, food at the grocery store. Just doing something to give back in a time when we desperately need it in the world. You know, our mission here at Girl Power Alliance is to empower and embolden women that feel called to the marketplace, women that love the Lord, but feel called to impact the world through their business or their services or whatever it is they're doing in the marketplace. And, you know, the reason that I feel so passionate about that is there are millions of people who will never, ever set foot in a church. They'll never talk to a pastor. They won't even involve themselves in anything that even looks like religion, but you, my friends you out there doing what you're doing in the marketplace, you might be the only Jesus that people ever experience. And meeting you and interacting with you could be the thing that the Holy Spirit uses to bring that person to Christ, to change their lives dramatically and move the needle for the kingdom. That's what we're doing here. We are moving the needle for the kingdom. It excites me. (laughs) <laughs> we're doing a lot of things over at Girl Power Alliance. We've introduced we've introduced monthly coaching, we have networking calls, we have ways for you to grow and get educated. We have some a, a phenomenal event coming up. We've got our give back day. You need to be a part of what we're doing. Head over to Girl Power Alliance. Click on join. For $1.99, you can be joined just to check us out. Become a full-fledged member and be a part of everything that we're doing here at Girl Power Alliance the International Alliance for Christian Women in Business. You belong here.